Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the podcast where two dear friends torture each other by trying to find the absolute worst movie streaming on the internet. I'm Steve, and today, as always, I've got Adam Myros here. Hey, Steve. And the returning Stephen Coleman. Coleman, how you doing, buddy? Hey, it's great to be back. What a thrill. Oh, God, what a thrill. Yeah, I, I bet you were happy. Like, you, you went on that nice <laughs> vacation, and as soon as you get back, we're like, okay, here's what you're watching this week. That, that had to be really great for you. Oh, yeah. It, would, it sucked me right back into reality. I'm sure both of these movies were at the top of your watch list anyway, though, so you're welcome. It's no big deal. <laughs> Appreciate it. I, I don't know. I think, I think we got you some, uh, some high-quality shit this week compared to some of the things <laughs> that we've done in the past. Uh, again, Jeff Bezos has really been hitting the purge button hard on Amazon, so it's getting harder and harder to find uh, worse and worse shit. But as always, we will keep trying. So, Myros, before we dive into these movies, why don't you give our dear listeners and Stephen Coleman a little refresher on our rules? Uh, sure, Steve. I, I, you know, based on our uh, struggles this week, I may have a new rule uh, to uh, propose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but start with the existing ones where we are only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us. If they give us a trailer, well, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, if not, just do without or pick something else. Uh, we also try and avoid found footage films. Um, yeah, that's redundant. It just No, let's not do it. We got to keep things a little bit fresher. Uh, Godfrey Ho clause is the third rule, which is to say only one film per director. Uh, again, it's just a matter of uh, trying to keep things as diverse as possible. Uh, these cannot be anything either of us have ever previously seen as well. So we want these to be uh, fresh reactions for you, the listener, and for us, the viewer. Uh, so my proposal mm-hmm. is... Uh, we had an adventure where I, I, I tried to get cute and take advantage of some internet uh, uh, scuttlebutt around a certain director. Um, yeah. Push yeah. things here. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there was this film called Plum, which uh, this director was recently spotlighted by a, a larger bad movie outlet, uh, Red Letter Media, who usually focuses on sort of different things than we do here. A lot of uh, 80s action VHS type stuff. Uh we tend to end up being more in the realm of uh, the last 10 years where people are filming things on a cell phone. Uh, but yeah, th- this was more in our realm. So I-, I decided to get cute and look on Amazon to see if they had anything available. They did. So I was like, oh, great. This will be this will be fantastic. And because of this uh, boost in Internet fame, this film immediately after being chosen was uh, delisted from Prime. Mm. Put on as a rental. I believe even since the, that time, uh, it has increased in price as a rental because the director is, is really trying to. Uh, yeah, you know, you assigned this movie. I think it was like five bucks to rent it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, 12 hours prior to that, it was free. On- <laughs> um, can verify. But yeah, it's so my my philosophy here is. Uh, we we should try and avoid things that have been featured by other uh, bad movie ventures. Uh, we have had a couple in the past. I think like uh, The Amazing Bulk and uh, whatever that movie about marrying a dog was. I think those have those have been featured in leash? some way. Uh, Love on a leash. <laughs> and well, I, w- I would not movie. wish to. Uh, <laughs> I would not wish to unsee either of those classics. Uh, I think it's a good idea for us to try and uh, avoid things that have been covered by prominent outlets sort of like the movie that you chose for this week this this movie has been uh covered by some outlet oh yeah it's uh it's it's pretty popular on the old youtubes man well that's crazy (laughs) to me uh i would have assumed that three people had ever seen this thing well then uh, shame on me but yeah no i think on you uh, looking at our our current existing lists i think probably the only uh movie that would be trouble is flying Ryan, but uh, other than that, I think we're pretty well in the clear. All right, I guess I can axe flying Ryan from my my uh, options. I got plenty of trash, so it's all right. Uh, Jeff Jeff Bezos will probably knock it out anyway. So 
Uh, I, I would also like to recommend, this is less of a rule and more of a uh, you know potential episode idea here. This is what we like to do on this podcast. We actually just workshop the podcast for you, the listener. That's, you know, we don't actually want to get into what we want to talk about. Uh, we should we should try and branch out and maybe uh, make it so we have to only use one streaming service. So generally we use Amazon because that's where the worst shit is. But we could have an episode where maybe maybe we just have to do just Tubi or just the Roku channel or just Hulu or something like that. Uh, that's a fine idea. We we like our theme episodes. Yeah. Tubi is is fertile ground as well. Oh, it's 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 quite good, and uh, yeah, that's and it's another freebie. So that probably be probably a uh, a good way to go. So we'll see we'll see in the future, dear listeners, where this ends up. All right, Mister Coleman, the deciding yeah. vote. It's good to have you back uh, because this is a real uh, you know clash of the titans here. But we're gonna start off. With a little movie from the great state of Wisconsin. It's called This Book is Cursed. <laughs> I think and, you uh, gotta say, uh, This Book is Cursed. This Book is Cursed. Uh, <laughs> I can't even do like the accent here is great because this is shot in the weird part of Wisconsin that's like west of Eau Claire and basically just almost on top of Minneapolis, but it's still technically Wisconsin. So just like whatever your idea of the absolute worst accent is, like take Fargo to like the 500th degree. And, and that's where we're at with this movie. It's <laughs> incredible nasal Midwestern trash. <laughs> but hey, this book is cursed from famed director Michael Butt. That's right. Butt, B-U-T-T, as in ass. And his production company, More-On Productions. That's Moron Productions. Hey, at and least he's self-aware. He is. He is. He knows what he's making here. So Mr. Butt is a substitute teacher during the day and also a play director. And then uh, in the evenings and on the weekends, you know he's out in the wilds of Wisconsin, in those Northwoods, just uh, making some, some fine, fine cinema. So I didn't know this when I chose This Book is Cursed, but it's actually a sequel uh, believe it or not, I, I yeah, think it works. The, the, <laughs> I like to talk about the title of the previous book. And yeah, that's where we're going was, right now. <laughs> there is plenty of exposition. Yeah, I, I don't think, I, I mean, it stands alone if, if you're looking to jump <laughs> into the series. But if you'd like to start at the beginning, the first movie is actually called This Woods is Cursed. <laughs> Wait, say that again? Yeah, This Woods is is cursed not these woods are cursed this woods is cursed Oy. maybe it's about james woods or something i don't yeah. is is this a man that you want as your substitute teacher can you trust him to teach english class i i don't know uh maybe you could trust him to put on shrek 2 for the kids who aren't paying attention you know you just put that in and he just refreshes his facebook feed but i, I don't know man that's that's a little rough and I'm thinking because his movies try to be a little bit self-aware here. Uh, maybe it was on purpose, but the way that his films are self-aware, uh, he wants us to laugh with him, but I feel like we end up kind of laughing at him a little bit. So this book is cursed. Myros, what is this movie about? Uh, I think it's trying to be like Evil Dead here, but uh, it's not. It, it's It's basically, it's about two... Uh, husky Midwesterners who go out into the the woods in a Winnebago to confront uh, the trauma that presumably occurred in This Woods is Cursed. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, a uh, passage from a book that is, uh, in fact, cursed uh, raises a gang of hoodlums from the dead. Uh, again, with this setup, you, you're thinking, oh, there was a horrible murderous incident involving our protagonist house uh <laughs> during some previously mentioned time obviously this woods is cursed but you would think that when they go through this passage about the dead taking their vengeance and he's confronting his trauma that the people who were raised from the dead would be the very same who uh, assaulted his his friends and murdered all these people he was acquainted with but it seems not it seems that they're just <laughs> random like uh, gutter punks Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the gutter punks are, are are led by a magic Satanist, and uh, they go around causing mayhem, trying to get their hands on this book to uh, 
become permanently uh, raised from the dead. And uh, that's that's basically the entirety of the plot. Yeah. You know, you said his name is House. Throughout the entire film, though, I swore that they were calling him Hoss. <laughs> I don't know which is more insulting to this Doctor House. <laughs> yeah, like let's talk like, about big what house this guy. Or big Hoss. I don't think Hoss. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to body shame this beautiful man, but he is the most like perfect Wisconsin boy I've ever seen. Just a <laughs> just a pure corn-fed hog, Molly, looking like a smooth bleached grimace with like a ratty ass kind of beard goatee thing going on. That's got little flecks of food in it that you can see when they do close-ups. He is just pure Wisconsin. The man has got to bleed cheese. God bless Hasn't, him. Hasn't uh, changed his, uh, he's had stuck with his same fashion sense since probably 1998. Oh yeah. <laughs> it oh, looks yeah. like a, uh, like a work issued polo that he's wearing. <laughs> some carpenter teeth. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm no, I'm no felt bad myself, but I might take umbrage if I, if I was like working with a friend who wanted to make a movie and was like, "All right, now you're gonna show your fat gut and uh, and we're gonna call you House." I'd be like, yeah. "I don't think this so, is a very." Myros, uh, we'd like you to wear this Best Buy polo that we got from the thrift store, and also a pair of dungarees that are six sizes too big for you. And uh, your character's name is going to be Jiggle Tits. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Come on. Jesus. Poor fucking Hoss House. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so this one is, is it's a little bit odd because... I mean, the the acting is of the quality that you would expect, which is lower than low. Uh, it's but bad. Every, everybody's trying real fucking hard. I I will give them that. But it's it's amazing when you watch these like little low budget indie horror films, and you can tell they're shooting for Evil Dead or Trauma or whatever. They're rarely as funny or as gross out or as even mildly entertaining as either of those things, despite the, the film's gravitas and bravado, where it seems to think it's quite fucking hilarious. But really nothing happens in this movie. They show up in their Winnebago, and then the oh, yeah. bikers come, and then they just run through the woods for about 80 minutes, and then pff, done. That's it, right? I mean, <laughs> there's still we don't learn anything else about these characters. There's no growth. There's no real action aside from... When the the biker hooligans decide to harass an old man, <laughs> that's uh, there's really not a lot going on here. And is it? I'm sorry. Was it a Winnebago or a Minnebago? Uh, that's correct. <laughs> um, Mr. Butt, smart man that he is, he uh, didn't want to get sued by the Winnebago company when his film got mass distribution. So he was kind enough to put some gaffer tape to make it a Minnebago. <laughs> Oh god. Uh some some wonderful special effects too. I don't know if you guys caught this, but the uh the blood splatter effect that was clearly added in post was just mwah, beautiful. Um <laughs> the, the only thing that that I really could say that I I enjoyed about this other than like the slow thudding just shitty film feeling that we get all the time on this show is the the weird like grim reaper guy that shit's fucking hilarious. Like, it's like some just, Jim Sterling characters. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just it's it's like it's a floating plastic skeleton from Halloween USA that has like a garbage bag over it. <laughs> and it has this goofy, like processed voice. And then at the end, you think because like the bikers have been removed, and then he goes to to shoot the the skeleton. And he shoots the skeleton. You think the skeleton dies, but he's like, no. And then all these like hands come out of the dirt and start grabbing at him. Just... I believe what he says is, I have magic in my bones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So that was great. I was I was dying when that happened. That was that was just wonderful. I don't know if I was supposed to be laughing, but I can assure you that was fucking hilarious. So shout out Michael Butt. Uh, for tickling I, I, my funny bone. <laughs> deaths are quite <laughs> quite ridiculous. I I don't know that apparently when these uh, these undead are killed they're supposed to turn into dust. But 
I don't know why they didn't. They must not have had sand on hand. So it's like they're sprinkling like fucking flour all over the woods. Yeah. It just looks <laughs> like complete shit. Hey, uh, did, you, did you go down to the Home Depot and uh, get that bag of sand? Oh, no, I forgot. Uh, you know, my, my ma, she's got some flour that we use to uh, to fry stuff. So maybe I'll just grab a big bag from her. Okay. Like that's. <laughs> oh, I love that Wisconsin health food fucking uh, discussion, too. The girlfriend is looking out for house's uh, health, and she's like, all right, so what we're going to make, uh, instead of pork chops, we're going to have some pan-fried chicken. I've soaked it in soy sauce. I'm like, that, that's, that's some health food there in Wisconsin. Yeah. It's like, no, you, you can't have pork. That's bad for you. But let me tell you about the, the level of sodium and oil you're about to ingest. <laughs> I also appreciate when she asks him to put his clothes away, he just throws his, like, knapsack into the closet. And he's like, yep, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a guy that I, I relate to in a lot of ways. So, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's a relatable man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I tried to look more into Michael Butt and more <laughs> on <laughs> productions. I think you need a proctologist for that one, Cuff. Yeah, yeah. Bend over and spread them. I would. I personally would have called it Goatsy Productions, but you know who am I really? Um, he's he's a pretty prolific guy. I think <clears throat> since 2015, he's made maybe about a half dozen films, uh, a couple sci-fi things, a couple of uh, horror films, something about a golden hand. I don't know what that is, but. I think my favorite thing is he he's trying to get a TV pilot off the ground, which I believe is also available to stream on Amazon Prime called like Spooky Weird Wisconsin or something. Wisconsin Unexplained. I was close. I was close. But it's just like like UFO unsolved mysteries, but specifically for Wisconsin. So I, I don't know how many episodes you could squeeze out of a concept like that. But, you know, I, I hope he I hope he gets that that public access spot that he's gunning for. We're we're here we're here for you, Mister Butt. We're trying to to lift you up. Yeah. So, so Coleman sent a clip of this show, and it was it was quite amazing what they had on YouTube. Uh, I I assume perhaps a pilot for this Wisconsin unexplained, but it, he was interviewing some like curator of a supposedly haunted establishment. Yeah, the Mab- Mabel Tainter Theater. Oh, uh, there you are. And he this entire thing, the, he, the person he's interviewing is is talking as if there's there's cuts. You know, he's like. Okay, well, this would be where you cut. Do you want me to be looking here or looking there? And he didn't edit any of that out. It's just a totally unedited nonsense. <laughs> yeah, the theater director is directing the director. Right. With That's edits that wonderful. were never made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so far he's got four episodes up on uh, on Amazon Prime, so... Good for, good for butt. Good for Mr. Butt, yeah. And he's got his signature artwork, too, which is... One of the best things about this book is cursed. Uh, the, the whole reason why I chose it, I didn't watch a trailer or anything. I just saw the cover and I was like, gotta have it. It's uh, <laughs> the cover for this book is cursed. It's the aforementioned Halloween store skeleton with a garbage bag on him. And then underneath, there's just a bunch of like cheap, shitty fire clip art. It's fucking awesome. Uh, the yeah, the Wisconsin unexplained stuff is really good too. There's just bad font text on either side. Uh, and, and then in the middle, there's like a, a Sasquatch, like a black and white Squatch pick. It says Wisconsin Unexplained, but you can barely see it. And then the whole lower, like two thirds, is just our boy, Senor Butt, just wearing a fucking suit and tie and waving at you. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're interested, you can learn about the Elmwood UFOs, the Devil's Punch Bowl, the Haunting of Mount Washington. And Reiki healing. I don't. What, what the fuck's uh, Reiki healing? You, you're the most Wisconsin person here, Coleman. Uh, I actually do know what that is. It Reiki, is um, Reiki. Yeah, it's a physical therapy without touching. So oh, that shit. Yeah, you place your hand over certain parts of the body, and it heals certain ailments. Um, and it's all spiritual, but. Mm-hmm based on you have to be trained i actually do know somebody who practices it so you can do that for anything like like if you if you were trained you could you could gently hover your hands above my testicles and just mm-hmm. power them up okay you bet yep you don't need that blue chew i got you uh. <laughs>
Roll tight on that. <laughs> that that is Butt who was hosting the thing, and my God, if you would have told me it was uh, it was the man House himself, I I would have. <laughs> Please, it's, it's not. No, Norman Gale no. plays House, who is the writer of this book is cursed, who is a different human than uh, than Michael Butt, but they hey, look can, like wait, wait, twins. Wait. Can we confirm that they're oh. not that 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 the Norman whatever like that's not a a pseudonym? They're not. He's not just writing under a pseudonym and directing under his real name. I don't think so, because he's separately listed on IMDb with different credits. Because that's what I thought. Because they're like, but I don't know. There are a lot of men in, especially like Western Wisconsin, who look like that. <laughs> yeah, he looks like every dude in Wisconsin. That's like he is the prototypical uh, Wisconsin male. And if if you want to know what that is, I would say your best bet is. Uh, Google a picture of Will Meneker from Chapo Trap House and then just add 150 pounds. That's all you have to do. That's every dude in Wisconsin. Uh, now I'm curious, but yeah, if if it is the same person that they're defrauding IMDB, because it's not listed as a pseudonym, it is two separate accounts on IMDB. Okay. Well, and, and Michael Butt can't be a pseudonym. Like, who chooses the pseudonym Butt? I mean, yeah, in, in this sure. situation. You don't want to be the butt guy. I mean, unless you are the the butt guy. But anyways, see, I would have assumed that Michael Butt was in fact playing the uh, the Grim Reaper sword because it's very obviously before revealed at the very end as a skeleton is is very obviously just another uh, big fat guy in a black coat and black <laughs> gloves shooting POV. <laughs> yep, yep. I would not be surprised either, but I don't know. Um, you know, oh, we the, also we also have two things we got to mention about this before we move on. Thing one, uh, one plot point in this is for no reason that House is dating uh, his friend's ex. His friend was murdered in the previous film, uh, and he was apparently suspected of this crime. And, and yet this this woman has, uh, for some reason, moved on to the irresistible House. That's and right. he a plot point of this is that he is visited by the ghost of this individual who gives him a pep talk <laughs> yeah, over a, right. a horrible green screen. It keeps referring <laughs> to the girlfriend as our girlfriend. It is our quite, girlfriend. quite a strange choice. <laughs> I mean, just imagine getting tag teamed by a ghost. That sounds fucking great. Nothing. You got get that ectoplasm. Hit those back walls with your ghost dick. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Summer Dan Aykroyd's getting a pen and paper. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to be in Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> so the other thing is that uh, the police officer, his very small role, uh, is played by Joel Thingval, who is actually, we, we just featured last week. He's in uh, both Doug Phillips films we featured last week, but most prominently as the serial killer Twitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's back uh, again. He's, he's probably the most prolific actor in all of northwestern Wisconsin. <laughs> he's he's done quite a few films and he's also he's affiliated with like every single superhero movie you can possibly think of right yeah he's like a professional researcher or something but he also yeah, he's has gotta like, be a giant comic book nerd yeah he also has like 250 fucking acting credits too so if you're working in like the upper midwest apparently he's the man to call because yeah what doug phillips is minnesota i believe yeah and, well i mean yeah. but where Mr. Butts from Plum City, that's you're probably fifteen minute drive from St. Paul, Minneapolis. Like so it's it's basically Minnesota at that point. But yeah. Uh it's it's amazing how uh, all these these great thespians are running in similar circles. Really wonderful <laughs> stuff. You know, and, and the last thing I want to say too is throughout this movie, I was like, man, this music sucks. Where have I heard it before? Oh, I was hoping you would bring this up. And uh, wouldn't you know, all the music, and, and I, I shouldn't say it sucks, I would just say it was used poorly, but the music is all from Kevin McLeod, who is like the number one rights-free music guy <laughs> on the internet. Like if you Google rights-free music, all of his shit is the first thing that comes up. And there's this little like synthy number it's towards the end of the film that plays over. It's like, do-do-do, do do and that song is used in the video game Risk of Rain. Like, that's the only song. It just loops in that game. So it was just fucking weird. But, <laughs> but if you've heard a, the music before, that's why. Wasn't there the scene where they're first driving to the campsite? 
I swear I heard sampled in a Wesley Willis song or every yeah, Wesley no, Willis I'm song. With you. It was do 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 do. It was fucking. Uh, I, yeah, I, I noticed that immediately. I was like, I kept waiting for fucking suck a donkey's dick. Like, yeah, what? me too. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, who owns the rights to Wesley Willis's great works at this point? I'm not sure. Well, also, is but, Wesley Willis using like a fucking stock music loop in, in whatever? Yes. Suck a donkey's yeah, dick like or a suck a dog's keyboard. asshole or something. Could be very well something that he did not in fact compose. I, wait, are you telling me that Rock and Roll McDonald's is not an original composition? Well, maybe some of it is, but <laughs> who's to say? Oh, man. Yeah, I, it's probably the same sample from like Suck a Cheetah's Dick or something. So that makes sense. <laughs> I like how those are like three separate Wesley Willis songs. Yeah. It's just like insert random animal, insert random vulgar body. <laughs> that's all That's all you have to do, really. Yeah, that's uh, Wesley Willis song generator. That's uh, we got we to get that up and running. All right. Well, I think we can move on to your pick. Adam Myros, and uh, this is a real internet darling. Uh, I, I actually, I wouldn't say that, but uh, it's it's got some some YouTube videos about it out there. This is a fully animated film. Is this our first? I think. Yeah, yeah this is the first fully animated film that we've done. Uh, whew, I, <laughs> and when I say animated, uh, I definitely mean CGI. And when I say CGI, I mean picture the worst like Dreamcast cutscene from 1999 and you're you're in the ballpark. So, Myros, what the fuck is the misty green sky? Oh, I I don't know. It's <laughs> it's uh again, I just think of like if you're like don't have ad block out and you go to Pirate Bay and you just is like banner ads like you won't last 5 minutes. It's essentially like one of these internet sex games or something that is uh, turned into a horrible sci-fi film. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's it's about uh, a young woman who is uh, curious about the nature of her society or something and is, is uh, told by their god to not investigate some old village. So if she immediately investigates said old village... Uh, figures out that they're in fact not on Earth, but on some sort of, I don't remember what the fuck it's called, Rygar or some shit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so she follows uh, some breadcrumbs, gets up to this space station, and uh, turns out she's some plague carrier and kills everyone. Then she, yeah, uh, yeah kills everyone on Earth, too. Allegedly, so, yeah. allegedly, because they don't believe that she's a plague carrier. So they're like, ah, if you were a plague carrier from Rygar... We would have known. So clearly you're a scientist who's lying. She's like, no, really, I have this horrible disease. You're, everyone on Earth is going to die. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. No. <laughs> and then it ends. Great. Fucking right. Awesome. Apparently this is the first of a proposed trilogy, which I'm going to guess does not ever get made. But I don't know where it would go from there. Just people dying or what? <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, the destruction of Earth, the, the annexing of Rygar. I, I'm not sure. But really uh, this movie is just like... Uh, it's just horny. It's just like, oh, it's hey, very I, I figured out how to make uh, nipples in this CGI generator. It's like, oh, good for you, motherfucker. <laughs> well, I just, yeah, how, are, how are breasts still moving when somebody is standing oh, completely still? That is it's my breathing? favorite part. I think that's supposed to be the breathing animation, but it just looks fucking absurd. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the, the fighting game Dead or Alive? Did you ever play that? But oh, yeah. But it basically, it was it was just like Tekken or whatever. But the whole thing was all the ladies in the video game had giant jiggle boobs, and if you just moved, like if you made your character walk like two inches, the boobs would just like fly up and smack them in the fucking nostrils. Like, just that's what this is. They're just constantly. But the problem going. here is, is this person's not skilled enough to even uh, program in the the old uh, jiggle physics. It's just this weird thing where the nipples are like going all over town. Yeah, You're just standing there, and the nipples are like moving up and down and up and down. It's mesmerizing, <laughs> honestly. <I> mean, <laughs> this is the entire second half of the film. I mean, once she gets aboard this uh, space station, some sort of a chemical dissolves all her clothing. Okay, I was going to ask about that. So the whole beginning of the, of the film is like she talks to God, and God's like, yeah, so whatever you do, don't go to the, the village that's two feet away from us. Don't ever do that. Don't do it. So she does it. 
And then she finds out that she's not on Earth. She's on something called Rygar or something. And then basically the movie just kind of farts around until she makes it into space. And while she's farting around, all, all these women are here. We only see like one or two dudes on Rygar, even though apparently it's a uh, it's a three to one ratio of, of dudes to ladies. Or no, no is it the other backwards. way around? Yeah, it's seventy to thirty women to men. That's women to men. Yeah, and all we all we see is the women. We only see one guy, and he's got chia pet hair, and <laughs> like all these women are they're they're all dressed in <laughs> completely different outfits. Like there's no uniform or anything. But they're all just varying levels of horny. It's just like, oh, this girl's wearing uh, hot pants and a crop top uh, booby shirt. And this one has spikes covering her nipples and like jean shorts. And it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> they spike nipples when things really started to go off the fucking rails. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then when mean, she gets into like, Reveal. Oh, there was some revealing dress going out of the in the opening half, including some nonsense where the character starts as fully dressed, then goes to explore ruins that are purported to carry disease, and she immediately strips down to like bra and panties to fucking climb around in the ruins. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I guess you could call everything that's occurring in the film like clothing. Of sorts, until we get to Spike Nipples, where she's mm -hmm. just like, I'm going to consult with this person who works at this job. And all of a sudden, she she just is wearing nothing except, like, three spikes strapped over her nipples. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is really fucking stupid, but it's going to be, like, part of her job somehow. Like, they're mm -hmm. going to work this into the narrative. Like, well, these spikes go... <laughs> I'm like, well, no, they didn't even bother. That's just what she's no, wearing. None of this is working. <laughs> and, and there's not even, like... It, it, like all this like sexy pants stuff it's all just like viewer titillation that's what they're going for like none of the male characters are interested in any of this stuff there's there's only one love scene and it's the most horrifying shit i have ever <laughs> seen in my entire life it's just total like fucking weirdness okay it, it, it was like upsetting and funny at the same time but this woman she is like with this chia pet guy and this like love lovey music is playing and then they start making out but it just looks like if you took two barbie dolls and just smacked their fucking faces together just and then she has these cold dead unblinking eyes and then she looks directly into whatever the camera is in this and just like breaks the fourth wall and like sings to you and it's it's deeply upsetting just really upsetting and fucking weird Sounds a little uh, bit like Midsummer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I mean, it kind of rides the same wave, I'd say. <laughs> and then I, I don't understand. She gets into space because she's trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with this whole Rygar thing. And this is where, I mean, if if Spike Nipples is where it really starts to go off the horny rails and into like extreme horny town, this this sequence that lasts what feels like 10 minutes when she gets into space is nuts. I don't even know what's happening, yeah. but she's basically like floating, like zero gravity floating, and then it looks like a sp like a sprinkler, but it's yellow, so it's like a piss sprinkler is just coming down on her, and she's like, <laughs> and then it just dissolves her clothes until her bounce CGI titties are just everywhere, but it doesn't dissolve her underwear because apparently this guy didn't have the technology to like render CGI cooters, so here we are. Well, maybe they would have heard his distribution. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And that had to have been like sampled from something he found on like YouTube or YouPorn or something. Like just uh, yeah. that weird. <laughs> oh, all, all the all the vocal stuff is weird because it makes you wonder if it's like, is it a sample or is it because you could tell when he does recorded dialogue because it sounds like he was using like a $30 karaoke mic because everything is just like, Oh, we need to get the fire. <laughs> like what the fuck is that? It's just all like blown out nonsense. That's going to sound really good on a podcast. I'm sure people are really happy that I just like swallowed my microphone to do that impersonation. Um, yeah, it's ah, boy. So, so about this voice acting and it, it ties in with the, I mean, to say there's a fundamental problem with this movie is an understatement, but one fundamental problem with this movie is that there are ways to do animation. There's this thing called a character model. There's a reason you see uh, cartoon characters often wearing the same clothing all the time, 
and uh, consistent styling and haircuts, uh, stuff of that nature. Mm -hmm. And this movie doesn't do that at all. Every single scene where this character comes back, they have a different haircut. And it's just a bunch of weird CGI uh, horn dog models. So you have no fucking way. I'm like, is that the same character? I have no fucking idea if this is supposed to be the same individual or not. And then what's it is it's also hurt by the fact that they have one female voice actor. So the, every single female character is voiced by the same actress, except for one separate human on the space station. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. like so disorienting. I'm like, is this like the, without a character model, without differentiation in the voice acting, it's just like every single time this, per, this, protagonist shows up on the screen i'm like okay that is that a different person at least until we get off the planet and then you know who it is because she's just running around topless uh, fucking <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> yeah uh, it's it's very disorienting and some of the other imagery in here is uh, you wonder like why it's here in the first place this isn't a long movie okay far from it it's it's probably what 80 minutes or something but there's so much superfluous nonsense, especially in the first half. And you're just like, why Why is this even in here? So the whole thing about like the love scene and talking about how men have two wives and this, that, and the other. Like, it doesn't feed into any broader narrative that, that speaks to what is going on on Rygar. And there's other stuff like total non sequiturs. Like there's one where the main character is sitting in her underpants in a room and then, like, a giant, like, rotating bear statue comes out of the floor, and it starts, like, spinning, and it's got a thing on top of it that plays classical music. Oh, my so you're like, God. And then she's just like, yay! And then just Brahms is playing or whatever. Like, what, so, what does that have to do with anything? I think that's supposed to be, like, a showcase for the visuals, but unfortunately, this person doesn't know how to make fucking visuals. <laughs> so it's just, like, like his the money stupidest shot? piece of shit I've ever seen. It's, it's like, incredible. I, it's supposed to be like this music montage where they're using like crazy visual effects. It's going to be psychedelic. And instead, it, it couldn't look fucking worse. Mm -hmm. This is movie in a nutshell. It could not look fucking worse. Like, yeah, I, I, it's hard to even like explain what it looks like because you say something like a cutscene, but cutscenes are done by professional animators, even something like reboot is done by professional animators this person cannot fucking make like a walk cycle like everyone <laughs> just looks like a fucking maniac when they just try to walk down a hallway <laughs> it, it, it's true and everybody kind of moves in slow motion too like it, it's it's hard to explain because clearly they're they're moving at a certain speed but the way that their bodies move are slow so it's like just imagine if you were lifting your leg at half the speed that you normally would to walk, but you were still like jogging or something. It's just, it's really disorienting and weird. And yeah, I, I don't know, man. I've, I've never seen anything like this before. It looks like shit. It's fucking hilarious too. My God. The part where, uh, where the, the space station starts exploding and because of the plague and a bunch of other, not it doesn't fucking matter. This whole story is just fucking, it's, it doesn't make any sense. But the space station starts exploding and this woman is just like running from the explosion. She's one of the scientists on the space station. And she's just like, ah, ah, <laughs> it's just but with these, these like cold, dead CGI eyes that are, her mouth is just completely agape. <laughs> and the scream is just like in the red nonsense. And there's these pauses in between, but her mouth doesn't close. It's, it's fucking beautiful. It's art, man. This is art. Of the highest form. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Art of the lowest form. Like, if you ask me, if I mean, I've looked into the director to some degree, but if you were to ask me who made this movie, I would assume the answer is someone who is probably 12 years old who is figuring out how to work with, like, fucking character animator or something. And mm -hmm. is, is really got a, a hard dick that they can't fucking manage to find porn to deal with. So, uh... Yeah, the parents have been very uh, strict with the uh, filters on the internet, so this kid's got to find his own way, and uh, you know. he's made this movie for some fucking reason. But no, this is this is made by an adult, an adult <laughs> whose previous credits include a White Lion concert anthology. White Lion, 
Yeah. Yeah. Not great white, mind you. The other white hair band that sucks more. (laughs) That that didn't kill an entire club of people in Rhode Island. Yeah. Also, shout out to Great White for killing a whole club full of people. And then like 20 years later or 15 years later, they did a giant coronavirus uh, concert where like hundreds of people got infected. So that's cool, too. You just can't stop killing people. <laughs> and also, uh, the only other credit, is, other than the White Lion concert footage, is a uh, uh, documentary that seems to be about like Sunset Strip hair metal shit. So I, it's just hair metal and whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> oh, that kind of checks out, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's like, it's stuff. a heavy metal thing, except the person's been ingesting heavy metal for 30 years, so their fucking <laughs> brain is... He's <laughs> <laughs> got fucking mercury brain. <laughs> He's and he, yeah, he's not a spring chicken. He's not a twelve-year-old. This guy looks like he's in his like fifties, maybe sixties. He's he's an older dude. So yeah, I I don't know. He is a, a mystery to me. But uh, God bless you, Jack Foster. You are an enigma, and I love you. Uh, I, I will say like with with these two movies, this book is curse sucks, and I feel like it's it's just like regular suck, whereas. The Misty Green Sky, this is transcended. I have absolutely never seen anything like this before. <laughs> it's, and, it, and you can't even, like, all the things that we're telling you right now, it doesn't matter. Because you just, you have to see this to, to just even begin to conceptualize the insanity that is the Misty Green Sky. Um, but anyways, obviously we pick shitty movies, but, uh, you know, there's there's second opinions out there. So we like to look at... What are, what are the what are the people out there the uh, the everyman what are they saying about these films that we have determined are total shit? So I was able to find a five star review here on IMDb for <laughs> this book is cursed. <clears throat> it says I freaking love the This Woods is Cursed series and hope they make a third one. <laughs> this seriously is freaking hilarious. Very little in common with the first movie, but enough to know it's the same, except the characters and some of the circumstances. Totally recommend checking out This Woods is Cursed before seeing this movie. But if you can't, go ahead and get this one first. It's pretty standalone. Just won't get all the jokes. So maybe that's the problem. We just sort of watched the first one. We fucked up, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, and then over on the Misty Green Sky side of things, uh, it's a, that's a tough one to find some real, <laughs> some good stuff. Uh, okay. So this is a four-star movie, according to Persley001 on Amazon. He says uh, in the title, better than you think, but keeps you in the dark a lot. Uh, First of all, trigger warning, this contains poorly animated nudity and violence. (laughs) He says, this movie is far better than most have given it credit for. What most don't like about it is that it operates a lot like a classic mystery. You are in the perspective of the main character and know no more than she finds out. As a result of this, it can be very confusing to watch since you have questions which don't get answered until much later. I would actually argue that aside from the central point of Rygar isn't Earth and she has the plague, nothing gets fucking answered in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. And how does she figure that out? Because she's like (laughs) in a building in some fucking green orb has like makes text show up on the screen it's like yeah, God. <laughs> yeah here is where we tell you everything uh okay it says uh one problem with with this is that the movie is very inconsistent about letting you know what's going on in her head and makes you wonder why she is or isn't doing something you know like not wearing clothes uh what it really needs is a better beginning with narration by the main character to allow you to get to know her and her environment Otherwise, when something new to the viewer pops up but is common to her, it startles you and takes a lot away from the feel of what's really going on. In reality, it needs a lot of narration to help you from being distracted by the dead space in the moving of the plotline. One of the worst problems I had with the movie was the lack of continuity of how she's dressed and what's around her. We touched on this as well, which only adds unnecessary confusion. When she's on the space station is when it's at its worst. In fact, many things happen that make no sense whatsoever, and we don't find out why. That's the whole review, and it's four stars, but somehow he touched on all of the points that we touched on. So what are we missing here, Myros? Well, I think we just had trouble getting on the wavelength of the classic mystery. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Is this the Maltese Falcon, but with sp- bouncing space titties? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Right. 
Um, I, I, I don't understand personally, but this is, uh, this is, is real bad. I, I mean, I don't even, I, I'm confused as, <laughs> as to mm-hmm. how this goes. I feel like as per usual, we, we reacted differently to these two films, but I, I, I'm interested to see what Steve thinks. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's it, when it, when it comes down to this, the last thing I'm going to say before you make your decision, Mr. Coleman is <laughs> my movie is shitty. It's a shitty movie. But this is so profoundly, and by this I mean the, the misty green sky, is so profoundly shitty and weird that it just it flips itself back around into a complete, just transcendent experience. Which is why, for my money, and I'll let you weigh in on this as well, Myros, I'm going to say my film that I chose, This Book is Cursed, atrocity. No reason to watch it. However, this the, the misty green sky... That is an absolute curiosity in my mind. It's it's fucking weird. It's not a fun watch, but it's something. It's something that's it's worth looking at for at least five minutes. So how about you, Myers? How, how are you gonna are these atrocities or curiosities in your mind? You know, I'm I might surprise you, but I'm actually gonna call both of these films curiosities in their way. It's I think how you decide which is is I mean objectively, it's probably easy to say that the Misty Green Sky is is a worse example of what it's trying to do but uh that's almost irrelevant of what we're doing here it's a matter of what you enjoyed watching more and i i have trouble answering that i think i got a similar amount of laughs from each but uh i'm gonna give uh this book is cursed a a curiosity points because it's just so fucking wisconsin it's just like the doofiest (laughs) bullshit it's it's charmingly midwest and oafish and uh it didn't wear out as welcome for me. I found it uh, consistently stupid and entertaining, and I, I was chuckling throughout. As opposed to Misty Green Sky, I, I was not chuckling throughout. The first half of the movie is very dry and dull, and you'll just be scratching your head at what the fuck's going on with this animation. But uh, yeah, once the, the titties showed up, I was just fucking laughing my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. hard to even describe how these things are animated. Like they're just wild titties. They're just fucking constantly in motion. <laughs> they're yeah, not it's, flopping it's like, anywhere. It's just the no, nipples it's, it's, are like floating across your screen. <laughs> it's animated like a jello salad strapped to a Roomba. They're just like flying everywhere, <laughs> just jiggling like crazy. I it's crazy. It's, yeah. So once once we hit the point where the the pesticide or what the fuck ever sprayed her clothes off. And th- that whole scene, the way it was shot, it was like shot. Mm. The nipple was taken up like 60% of the frame. And I, I couldn't stop laughing at that point, almost until the very end of the film. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I think I got about equal enjoyment out of both. And it, it's just kind of a matter of a, I don't know. Some people are going to find the Midwestern bullshit more entertaining, and some people are going to find the horribly animated nipples more entertaining. (laughs) I'm a nipple guy, personally. Uh, All right. Well, Stephen Coleman, you -hmm. are the deciding vote, as always. So why don't you give us your breakdown here and tell us what you chose as the worst film from this little uh, duo of trash. Well, this was difficult. Um, I both made very compelling cases here um i will say with this book is cursed um i actually found myself enjoying it um i mean obviously it's awful but like with films like that like i'm always curious about the people who are in them the people who are made them like getting a sense of like these people who just like gathered in menominee wisconsin like what's their story like what do they do outside of this so that was something that kind of kept me enthralled with the entire production uh it never for me overstayed its welcome and i guess you can say the same about green misty sky at least as far as like not overstaying its welcome it's a very short running time uh as opposed to um what you guys had me watch uh, two episodes ago um (laughs) but at the same time like i just it was more difficult for me to get through misty green sky and it's but as a credit to it, it is unlike anything I've ever watched before. Like, I still don't know what the fuck happened or what 
I just witnessed. So, um, yeah, I would say that uh, this book is cursed for me is a curiosity. Uh, Misty Green Sky to me is an atrocity. Oh, no. I've lost again. Oh, the streak. I'm streaking, baby. Oh, my God. Another L on the books. I'm sorry. I just, I respect Stephen Coleman so much. I just, I, I want him to have a, a good time while he's watching these films. So obviously you're the worst person, but man, take your streak, you abusive shithead. I mean, just right. be thankful we did, we weren't able to watch Plum because that was a solid two hours that would have probably oh. melted all of our brains out of our skulls. Yeah, that would have been a rough one. That would have been rough. All right. Well, uh, Stephen Coleman, glad to have you back on the show. If you have enjoyed this show today, do us a big favor. There's a couple of links down in the description of this podcast. The first one will take you to our uh, Apple podcast page. And what you can do there is you can leave us a five-star written review. Now, why would you leave us a five-star written review? And the reason is, is because Apple podcast does some wackadoodle shit with their algorithm. And the only way to get higher up in the rankings is by getting five-star written reviews. So it takes two seconds, click the link, check five stars, and then just write, uh, Stephen Coleman is a beautiful boy and he has great hair. All right, that's all you have to do. You write whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Uh, other than that, uh, there's also a link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash optimismvaccine. Obviously, times are tough, but if you would like to donate some money to the cause, we would gladly take it. Uh, you know, these, these things cost money to make. Podcasts and ain't cheap these days. Uh, so what we will give you is for the low, low price of just $3 a month, you will have access to the Optimism Vaccine special feed, and that has our whole backlog of old podcasts and uh, articles that we've written in the past, all kinds of cool stuff. And there's new stuff coming as well, including a bonus episode that's going to be released probably in the next week, I would imagine. Uh, we're going to be recording that very soon. So Patreon bonus episode on the way. Give us three bucks, and you too can listen to that wonderful episode. So other than that, uh, if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, uh, seriously, if you're one of the filmmakers, I know we, we had we had somebody who was involved in in a movie. Uh, I think it was Evil Has a Grin. This this guy actually reached out on his iTunes review, and he was just like, "Yo, I know this guy in this movie. If you want to like talk to him or something, I can't respond to an iTunes review." So, if you are a filmmaker that we've covered, if you are someone involved in one of these movies, uh, if you're just someone who wants to talk. Uh, either at Optimism Vaccine on Twitter or the best way to get a hold of us, optimismvaccine at gmail.com. That's how we do it. So, Coleman, thank you again for being here. Uh, sorry I wrecked your weekend with uh, two shitty movies, but, you know, at least you got to see some some computer tits. That's cool, right? Uh, this, this is great. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, man. See you in a couple of weeks. All right.